if you've ever thought about writing a book and as soon as you think about it, you think, oh, that would be such a long and daunting process. Well, my guest today is going to crush these objections and teach you how to write a best-selling book in 72 hours. It's coming up on this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. Do you ever feel like you were made for more and you just don't know what this looks like yet? My name is Jordan Ulrich, and I've made it my mission to help people just like you align with your inner genius, lead a fulfilling life on your terms, and facilitate true transformation from the inside out. Authentic Success is here to challenge you, inspire you, and bring you actionable strategies for stepping into the highest version of yourself from some of the world's greatest minds. You were put here with a unique purpose. It's time that we discover it and bring it to life. This is the Authentic Success Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Authentic Success Podcast. Now, today is going to be a very, very potentially life-pivoting episode for you if you have pondered on the idea of writing a book. My guest today is Ellen Violette from BooksOpenDoors.com, and she teaches mission-driven trainers, speakers, coaches, and business owners how to write a bestseller in three days, publish, launch to number one, and grow it to grow their business and make a bigger impact in the world, which is what we are all here to do. So Ellen, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Thanks. How on earth did you get into A, writing, B, helping other people write? Well, I've actually always been writing something since I was like 11. Diaries, journals, poetry, all that sort of stuff. And then what happened was fast forward, Um, I come from a very professional family, doctors, lawyers, that sort of thing. And I knew I wanted to do something creative and I was still trying to please other people. And so I went to graduate school in architecture. And while I was in architecture, I absolutely hated it. It was not a good fit for me. I had gotten talked into it and I won't even go into the details of that, but I became agoraphobic. And I couldn't leave my house for like six months. I was having just a massive anxiety attack. And the reason was that I was not living my authentic life. And I was scared to admit to myself, you know, that I needed to get out of what I was doing because I was just going to disappoint everybody. And I had a boyfriend I thought I was going to marry. I loved his family. I hated the idea of breaking up with him, but that's what happened. But in the meantime, I got into therapy and I shared my poetry with my um, psychologist and she said, have you ever thought of songwriting? And I said, not even in the realm of possibility in my family. And she said, well, I think you'd be really good at it. So I was living right down the street from UCLA and they have a great extension program in music. So I went, I got myself there because it was close enough that I could do it with, you know, white knuckling it. And I fell in love with songwriting. So I was in songwriting for the next 20 years. I'm a Grammy nominated songwriter, but um, I built a world-class recording studio in the house I grew up in. And my parents both passed away within 11 months of each other. And I had to sell the house and with the house went my studio. So my living, and it really wasn't much of a living, but you know, the money that we were making. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And we, at that point, we lived in Los Angeles. That's where I grew up. We came down to San Diego 
And it was right when the real estate market was taking off. And I had had to fix my parents' house before I could sell it because it was damaged in the Northridge earthquake. And I don't know if people remember that, but the freeway went down right near my house, the Santa Monica freeway. And our street looked like a war zone. I mean, it was just rubble everywhere. So we did that. And so we saw that we could do that. And it was funny because I thought, oh, I'll never use architecture. And there I was completely remodeling a house. So uh, that was great. But um, so we started buying, fixing and selling houses and then the market got too hot. And so we took a property management job back in Los Angeles. And that's when I decided, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? It's like, I'm, we, were, we knew how to make a killing, but we didn't know how to make a living. Mm -hmm. So at that point, um, actually, while when we first moved there, then I got really sick and I almost died. Oh, wow. I lost 30 pounds in a month. I was like fading away. The doctors didn't know what to do with me. Western medicine didn't have a clue. And my husband was just bound and determined to save my life. And he got online and he found this doctor who described exactly my symptoms to a T and it was environmental illness. I'd become allergic to everything. And so um, she had a book and it was called Detox or Die. And that book saved my life. So <sighs> that, that was the first thing, like I had the power of a book, but then also, you know, just the, that. I was like most people, you know, I'll write a book someday. And all of a sudden it was like, crap, I'm 48 years old. And I don't know how long do I have? I don't mm -hmm. know. You know, it's the first time when you come face to face with your own mortality that sometimes that's what it takes for things to change. Sure. Right. And so that's what happened for me. So I got online and I said, okay, I know I don't want to get a traditional publishing deal because in the music business, we made 10 cents a record and everybody else mm -hmm. got rich. Yeah. And you had no control. And there were always people saying, no, I literally had an A&R person say to me, my job is to say no. And your job is to tell me why I should say yes. And I was like, really? So I didn't want to go that route again. And when I got online, I found eBooks and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I mean, I didn't realize at that point you could write a book and do it just as easily, but eBooks, it was like 2004. And that was still relatively new, even though some people were already saying they're dead and Kindle hadn't even come in yet. And I thought, this is great. I mean, I can write a book and I can get directly to my audience and that's what I'm going to do. So then it was like, well, what am I going to write about? And I was like, most people, I didn't know what to write about. I didn't have a business at that point, but we'd been buying, fixing, selling houses, as I said. And every time we moved, I got better at it. And the movers kept saying, you're really good at, you're gotten really good at this. And I thought, okay, I'll write about moving. So in the meantime, I was like, okay, but how am I going to make a living? So all I need to know to do is write. And so I started copywriting and doing copy for people's websites and stuff like that. And I quickly learned that you're set, you're trading time for money, number mm -hmm. one. And number two, people don't get it. It's like they have big egos. They want to talk about themselves. They don't want to talk about the benefits to their clients. And the end of that came when I did a beautiful job for this attorney. And I went back to his website to take some pictures of it and use it as an example. And he had gone right back to what he had before, which was all about him. And I said, that's it. I'm done. But in the meantime, I had started studying internet marketing. And the big thing was the big seminar that was like, 
you know, now it's, now there's that traffic and conversion, but it was kind of like, yeah, that was the big thing. And then the other thing was there was one course that was like the course and it was called Teleseminar Secrets with Alex Mendocian. And I took that course and Alex was amazing. I mean, he would stay on the Q and A's for eight hours if that's what it took. Wow. And they would just go on and on and on. He would answer every question because in those days, nobody knew what to do. And there wasn't a lot of information out there, you know? So that's, you know, so that's what I did. And in the meantime, I was writing my first book and I went through what a lot of first time writers go through. Like, you know, it was slow and it was painful and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was overly perfectionistic. I didn't know about the 80, 20 rule. And I over, I really overspent on it. And my idea was that I was going to give it to realtors to give, I was going to sell it to realtors to give to their potential clients to use it as a, as a, you know, as a way to like, if, if there were two realtors and one had a book and one didn't, which one would you take? Right. right. So I, I, that was sort of my thinking, but then I couldn't quite figure out how to do it. And I never did it. I just moved on because what happened was um, when I wrote that first book, I went looking for an, an ebook coach and there weren't any uh, Jim Edwards had written the book. And so I, you know, learned from the book, but it wasn't enough for me. I needed a coach and there weren't any. So I hired a regular coach and it was not great. It was expensive and he didn't have a system. So I would like make mistakes. And then he'd tell me what to do rather than telling me what to do up front and not make so many mistakes. And so that was that process. But uh, I took a publicity course and the guy said, oh, you should be the moving doctor. And I said, shoot me. I don't want to be the moving doctor. That sounds horrible to me. Um, but when we went to the big seminar and I was looking for a, a coach and there weren't any, all of a sudden it dawned on me and I said, well, wait a minute. I'm a pretty good writer. Maybe I could figure this out and I could be the first ebook coach. And so that's what I did. So then one of the things that Alex said was you don't make money from the book. You make money from teaching what's in the book. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, well, I guess I better try this coaching thing. So uh, I hired a coach to teach me how to coach. And he had an ebook on how to write an ebook. And so I went through it and I said to him, you know, I can make this better because I've learned a lot. And he, and I said, do you want to split this and I'll, I'll fix it. I'll make it better. And he said, no, just take it and do whatever you want. So that's what I did. So I turned that into my first, the ebook journal for authoring success. And at that point, there was another marketer who was well-known called Mark Hendricks, who's passed on. And Mark did this thing called the 12 days of Christmas. And it was a massive giveaway. It was huge there. And he would get like tens of, you know, like 77, I think it was people with, you know, with information products to give stuff away. And that's all he did for 12 days was just give it all away. And it was so big that I had built my list from 200 people from like offline events to 1600 people in two weeks. Wow. And I was instantly in business. No doubt. Yeah. So that's wow. how, that, and then the next year I did it again and I, and I got 3000 more people. So, I mean, it, it was like, it was, it was such a great thing. And it was just, I was in the right place at the right time with the right information that people wanted. And so, um, and then the lesson started, you know, so I gave the, the, the giveaway was the journal. And then I brought people to a two-part, what today would be called a masterclass. 
And basically my thinking was, I'm just going to give them massive value, right? Which is what we still do. So I'm just going to show them that I know what I'm talking about. And so that's what I did. And then I sold two people into my first workshop and I was devastated. It's like only two people out of all those people. But um, then when it was over, I was glad I only had two people because they told me everything that wasn't right, everything that needed to be either upgraded or changed or whatever. And um, so then I went to school to try to figure that out because what they said was I gave them everything except a structure for the actual writing of the song. It's like I didn't have a step-by-step. It was like I taught them how to find their their passion, their motivation, keywords, you know, uh, and then afterwards, how do you finish your book and editing and all that. But I didn't have a structure dialed in for the actual writing. So nice. that's that's what I needed to figure out. And so that's what I did. And that is now um, the three-day bestseller program. Wow. Do you think that do you think that a lot of people on the topic of books? Um, unfortunately, you know, getting stuck in that pattern of like, I will do it someday. I will do it someday. Mm -hmm. How important is it for people to know that like, you don't have to wait for crisis to just write your book, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And one of the things that always surprises me, like I uh, interviewed a woman and she's a seven figure earner. And she said, I don't know what to write about. What I always say to people is, well, what's the process that you teach people? That's, Mm. that's what your book is. And that sometimes they have a disconnect. Or it's really an excuse. It's like they don't want to see that that's what it is because they're afraid to write the book. Of course. Or they think they're too busy to write the book. Or they just don't know how to get started. Do you Those think are really that, the main ones? On, on that topic of you know, not knowing how to get started, do you think that people get overwhelmed by this you know, perceived monstrosity of a process of writing the book so they never actually take the first step? Yeah, but it's interesting because... Who was I just talking to? I don't think it was you. Somebody who said they were afraid to write a book. No, it was me. Oh, it was you. It was you. And I yeah. was like, okay, well, this yeah. is a great learning moment because yeah. you said you were too perfectionistic to write a book, right? Yeah. And I've but used you, ebooks but in the past. Ebooks. Well, guess oh, yeah. what? If you already have a book. You just haven't put it in the format yet. I know. All you have to do is turn it into a PDF and upload it. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Ebooks are actually like what you said. I am glad that you mentioned Jim Edwards because he's actually uh, really enjoy, really enjoy his work. Uh, Yeah. I wrote a book with him. Yeah. Oh, no way. Okay. So sell more ebooks. Yeah, I have it. (laughs) You have some more ebooks? Yeah, I do. Um, So, so the way that I think that I had perceived like ebooks were, okay. So the, the first experience with digital products at all. I got home, I was a fishing guide for 12 years. So I was uh-huh. running a fishing guiding business and I got home from a conference and, you know, I was in California and it was right at the start of my bit, like new dad, new business, total yeah. dumpster fire had, yeah. I think probably like no money at the time. And I was like, yeah. it's February. I'm not going to sell anybody on guided fishing trips in Canada in February. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> All right, an ebook. So I went on Microsoft Word and I wrote an ebook in 48 hours. And it was a pivotal experience because I think I made like, you know, I think I priced it maybe 10 bucks, made something like $600 on the first day, which was like, whoa. I was like, people actually buy these things, right? But you see, you wrote it in 48 hours. That see, people say, oh, you can't write a book in three days. Absolutely, you can. Uh, Needed groceries, I think. (laughs) So, 
that um, I think God, I think I've written like four four ebooks now. But part of me sees it as, and they are, as you know, such an amazing way to a you know, familiarize people with that no like, and trust relationship, right? Other people yeah. use them as a low ticket or as a lead magnet yeah. or whatever it is, but also because your delivery costs are zero, right? If you have right. it as a, as an order bump or whatever it is for mm-hmm. 20 bucks, 30 bucks, it's like that goes straight into your pocket because what does it cost? Like you keep the money, right? So right. why are eBooks, you know, uh, a great, place for people to start when they're overwhelmed with the process of like creating a book or writing well, a book. Well, like I said, I mean, a book and when I started, people saw ebooks and books as being different. Like right. ebooks were like the poor cousin of the book. But now it's like we just do a book mm. and we just do it in two, you know, two, three, four formats. I mean, a book is a book now. Yeah. Because people finally started to understand that, first of all, it's kind of changing that people don't want to read really long books anymore. No. Like shorter is good. If you can like take your core message and teach people something and do it in not a lot of pages, that's great. Mm-hmm. So there is no issue with that. But if you have an issue with it, like you did, then yeah, just, you know, do an ebook, just do it an ebook. But the thing that I love about ebooks is that. Amazon has promotional tools that mm. you can use with your ebook. And when I talk to authors, like there's long-term marketing and there's short-term marketing and book launches when they're new or book promotions, when it's not a brand new book, it's like, it's a, it's an injection of buzz. It's an injection mm. of sales. It's an, you know, it, it just, it, it jump starts it. And so Uh, I was working with a client and he was frustrated because he wasn't selling books. And, you know, we mapped out a long-term strategy for him, but of course he was getting frustrated because their long-term strategies, they don't happen right away. And I said, well, do a book, you know, his book's already out. I said, well, do a book promotion. So he did a book promotion. He sold some books. He's like, oh, I sold some books, you know, which he hadn't been doing. So I said, look, this works. So put this as part of your schedule. Like you can do this. I mean, if you, if you keep it in Amazon and you make it exclusive, you can do it every three months. Sure. But if you don't want to do it that way, at least do it once and keep writing books. And then, you know, every time you do a new book, do one. But the point is, is they inject cash, they inject buzz, they inject visibility. And you always have to be thinking short-term and long-term. Definitely. Otherwise you get really frustrated and you think, oh, this isn't working. Books don't work you know, and there's, and there's other things to it. It's like, you have to be, no matter what you do, you have to be consistent. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, that was a lesson I kind of learned the hard way. I mean, like in the early years, I just did so much all the time. And then eventually you start to get burned out and then you kind of back off and, but then you're Mm. not consistent. So when I started my podcast in 2019, uh, I actually started earlier, but I wasn't committed. And then it was like, I was like, okay, no, I'm going to do this. And I'm, and I understand consistency now, and I'm never going to not be consistent. And mm-hmm. so I started doing it. And I think in two years, what is it now I'm going on three years? Um, I think I've missed maybe one or two weeks. Wow. You know, and all that. Time. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, that's my consistency. So now I'm going, okay, well, 
you know, I've done Facebook lives kind of inconsistently. And so now I'm like, okay, now I'm going to add that consistently because I've got the podcast under control sure. for a long time. The the podcast was taking me half a week. I'm like, right. okay, I don't have time to do anything else. Like until you figure one thing out, don't go on to something else, mm-hmm. you know, but here's the thing about writing books too. One of the things I see people do is they'll say, well, I started writing this book and maybe they're writing a couple hours a week or, you know, occasionally whatever they're doing but it's taking a long time. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is they say, oh God, and now I've grown and I'm not really feeling this book and now I don't want to finish it. Right. That's one of the reasons why I really encourage people to learn my process because it's all about focus and getting it done quickly. The other thing that comes up, I was working with a client of mine where he had written a lot of articles for like entrepreneur, different magazines. And what we had to do with him was take all the articles because they were there was a lot of great information in there. And then we had to write the book around it. Well, he had to go here and go there. So he's out of town and then he comes back and, and then it's like a half hour of, well, now where were we? Right. And so we were wasting a lot of time because mm-hmm. we kept losing our focus. So those are really the two main reasons or two of the reasons why I'm so adamant about writing your book in a very focused, structured, quick way. Yeah, hundred percent. And do you think that, you know, like uh, in the book flow, they talk about that, that flow state, right? Mm -hmm. The transient hypofrontality when, when the brain fires very, very differently, when you get into, you know, hyper, hyper focus mode. And do you think that it's a powerful thing for people rather than saying, you know, I'm going to write three minutes a day for the next 47 years and, and finish my book. Like right. you think that the more people write, and this is just from my own experience, like the more I write and just start, the more I want to write. And then you don't want to do it. You're like breakfast, haven't eaten in four days. Don't want it. Right. Right. Um, right. Well, I'm also a songwriter and I'm finding that um, in the last couple of years, I've started getting back, getting back into doing that as well. In the early years, I was like, no, I, I don't have time to do it because I have to work on my business. But finally, I realized my business was never going to be where in my head I thought it should be to start. Right. Right. Again, it's like, that's what we do. We go, oh, well, I'll start when. And so I started writing and now I'm I'm finding I can't go to sleep at night because now I'm working on a song mm. right in my head. Isn't writing songs fun? Oh, I love it. It is such beautiful, but it's also can be incredibly painful. And I said to my husband, it's like, it's like, I love, and I saw this as a mem too. It's like, I love having written. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like, right. It's, it's so painful to write. Why am I doing this Uh, for songs? I don't feel this way about books at all. Books just flow out of me Yeah, because I know my information. And that's the other thing too. It's like, the more, you know, what you do and the value you bring, the easier it is to write books. How important do you think it is nonfiction? Huh? Right. Yeah. For, for people to like, you know, understand that they might look back on the first thing they write three years from now and be like, Oh, that sucks. And like, there's nothing wrong with being like, yeah, it's just a younger version of you. Oh, absolutely. When I wrote my first one, uh, I was, well, or the earlier ones, I was like, this is great. I can do this. And then I go back now and look at it and I'm like, Oh God, I want to write a new one on this. Mm. You know, I don't like this at all, but yeah, cause we grow, we change and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And if you look in Amazon, you'll see there are books where it's like, you know, there'll be a, let's say it's a 2010 version and maybe there's a 2020 updated event, you know, mm-hmm. uh, edition or, you know, whatever. And I just leave them up because I don't want to lose the reviews. Number no, one. 
Absolutely. And I want them to know that I've been doing this a long time, but then I also tell them that, you know, on the new one, this is the updated version or on the old one, say there is an updated version. Right. Do you see people make mistakes in, in terms of pricing often? Like, uh, I don't think there is a mistake. I think there are different strategies for pricing. Sure. You know, uh, it depends why you're doing it. Like I, I, you know, it's so funny for a long time, it was $2.99. I didn't want to go into Kindle because we were, Jim and I, when we wrote that book, we got 29 bucks a book. Yeah. Right. You know, so we were like, oh, I don't want to get $2.99 a book. But then the whole, the whole strategies, you know, had to change because people wanted the ranking. So yeah. to be a number one bestseller, you had to sell books in Amazon and mm-hmm. other, you know, other places if you wanted to do that. So, you know, that became an issue. But now I see where some publishers are even charging more for the Kindle books than the print book because you can get it right away. So yeah, there's that impulse right. buy. Um, I kind of don't like that myself. I think it's disingenuous. I think it's mm-hmm. greedy because it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't cost them anything. Oh. You know, so they're just doing it out of greed. So yes. I don't like that. And then the other thing that people do sometimes is they'll they'll um, release the ebook first and wait to release the the regular book. And I, personally, I don't like that either. And the reason I don't like that is like a friend of mine just did that. And so when she released the ebook, I went to buy it, not realizing the other book wasn't available. And I like physical books. Yes. So, uh, so I didn't want to buy the ebook. I wanted to buy the book. Now, if I were not a friend of hers who like just stumbled across it, I probably wouldn't think to come back to then buy the book when the book was available. Right. Whereas for me, of course, I'm still going to wait and buy the book because she's my friend. So, sure. you know, but that to me, uh, I, I don't like that. And then the other thing about it is if you're going to want to be a number one bestseller, you want to sell as many books as you can. Why would you separate them? Like you want to give people as many options as possible. And also if you do an audio book, which I just learned pretty recently, um, the Amazon algorithms, they like it better and they'll show you more often if you have more formats, oh, including interesting. an audio book. So that, that's something I'm working on now. I'm actually doing a series in my Facebook group on audio So as I'm researching and as I'm getting ready to put it into practice myself, I'm actually sharing the journey. Yeah. So I know there's somebody listening to this right now. That's like, Oh, ebook. That sounds like a cool idea, but I can't do it for me. Right. That's what I call like, you know, the lowest pillar of possibility is that like, it's possible for other people, but I'm unique and I'm special and it's impossible. Right. right? Well, that's my, my question always goes back to what's your passion. Mm. What do you enjoy? What are you good at? Where are your passion, your skills, and your motivation overlap? That's where you can, that's where you have the best chance to be successful. Sure. Absolutely. And also uh, solving a problem that your audience wants. Sometimes the problem is people are doing what they want, but we're all in their laps, but there's no market for it. Yes. That's that's a problem. Like the Japanese framework of Ikigai, right? You know, where everything has to work together. Uh, Do you have an example of uh, I, if there's somebody out there that's like, yeah, nobody would buy from me or, or nobody's going to buy my, you know, ebook. I don't know how this could work. Like, do you, could you give me an example of somebody that, or, or maybe yourself where like that ebook actually did lead to a nice cash injection where it's like, wow, this was really worth it. Or use it on the front end of your well, funnel. Like I said, I mean, with Jim, uh, we sent out like what, three emails and made 12 grand. But again, that was, you know, in the old days, Sure. but I have had people, it, it's really funny, actually. 
one of my mentors at the time had said to me, I wanted to write this book. It's called How to Crush It in Business Without Crushing Your Spirit. How mm, Entrepreneurs I like Overcome that. Depression and Find Success. And the reason I wanted to write that book is because I heard, was hearing the rumblings behind the scenes, number one, of people who were unhappy making a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And I had gone through my own bouts of depression through my journey because I didn't understand that. Uh, now I see memes about it, but it's like, have you ever seen that where it's like, um, success is not a straight line, but it goes kind of like this. And then oh yeah. Right what like we that. think it'll look like versus what it actually right, looks right. like. Right, right. And so I didn't know that. And so I would have these bouts of depression. So I did this collaboration book. I got all these people together and we did that book. I have sold more of that book than any of my books because it's a bigger audience. There are a lot of people mm -hmm. who are entrepreneurs who aren't, aren't necessarily writing a book. Sure. You know, but my mentor said, oh, don't write that book. It's not going to make you any money. I've, I've had in India, people buy a hundred of that book at a time. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's, it's too like the, the return on investment, I think comes in two ways and, and it comes first, obviously in terms of money, you know, that's very obvious, but also, you know, do you think that some of the, the, the greatest return on investment that you can get from putting your work out are the emails you get at midnight where people are like, Hey, my life was crumbling and I came across your book or I came across whatever it was. And like, Oh yeah. You know, that's like the greatest return on, on investment is seeing oh, somebody yeah. go from where they are to where they want to be. Oh and yeah. I have a client. Um, she's in her seventies now and I, or she may have been in her seventies when she took it. it was probably a decade ago, but, but she went through my program and her mindset was, I'm too old. It's passed me by. I've always wanted to write a book, but it's never going to happen. Sure. And then I got her into my program and she's now written three books and she has a cottage oh. industry from her books. And it's like the best feeling for me. Wow. You know, and that's then every amazing. once in a while, she'll give me an amazing, you know, post. Thank you. And all that. I have another client who went through it and she was like one of the only people that ever contacted me and said, I want a refund. And I said, well, before you, um, I'll give you a refund, but before, can I just look at what you're doing and see if we can, you know, get you over the hump of where you're stuck. And sure. so we did that and she finished it and she wrote her book. And now I see her in some of these very high end coaching, you know, challenges and events and things. And it just makes me so happy. And she said, you know, thank you so much for not letting me give up on myself. I almost start to cry when I say that, but that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. What is the, without spelling, obviously, you know, your whole framework, <laughs> what, what is, what does it look like for somebody to write a best-selling book in three days? Because a lot of people would hear that and think that it's utterly physically impossible, right? It, yeah. It is so not utterly physically impossible. Um, I've done it. Not all my books are done that way, but some of them are it, but here's the thing. How fast you can write really depends on how organized you are. Mm -hmm. So what I always teach people, and I, I love this, I, we just came up with this, um, is what's, what's the worst way to write a book? Just write it. That's, yeah. the worst, that's the worst way to write a book. Sure. Or, or just do a brain dump. Like I go nuts and so many book coaches do that. I see so many book coaches give really bad advice and that, and that really upsets me. But um, one of the things is do a brain dump. Well, what I see when people do a brain dump is they end up with all these little ideas that are completely unorganized and it, it just sends them into being paralyzed. Like, what, right. what do I do with all this? 
you know, it's a mess. I don't know what to do. So to me, those are the worst ways to write a book. So the way that I teach people to write a book is number one, we lay the foundation. We figure out what problem you solve. We figure out um, who your ideal market is. I mean, that's really important too. Like if you're selling to people who don't have any money, great, they may buy the book, but you're not going to get clients from it. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, that's huge. Or, or if you like people who want to write books about clipping coupons, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these people are trying to save money. We want to invest in ourselves as entrepreneurs. So, um, you know, and to get visible in Amazon, you have to have the right keywords. You have to have the right categories. You have to have a title that connects with the audience. And all these things may sound difficult as I, you know, spew them out. But um, I walk you through it step by step so that it's easy. You just see how to do it. It's not hard. I mean, a lot of this is data. You just look at the data and it tells you, you don't, it's not guesswork. You know, um, sometimes titles can be a little challenging for some people. That's why they choose to work with me because I'm, that's one of my superpowers. I had one client who sold 4,000 books her first weekend and she said, so many people told me they bought the book because of the title and I wrote the title for her because her title was more of a description of it. My title was a title. Yes. So your title has to be catchy. It has to be remember- memorable, that sort of thing. So it's really about laying that foundation because really the main reason that things don't sell, um, I've seen this, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's a product, it's a book, it's a program, it doesn't matter. There are certain principles of selling. And so, you know, one of them is you have to sell what people want to buy. And so many times people just go, well, this is what I want to write. They write it and then they think, write it and they will come and they don't come because that's not how you do it. You have to give people what they want. So I love this. I was doing, I was watching Undercover Boss, one of my guilty pleasures. Sure. (laughs) And he was a billionaire and they gave him a hundred dollars. They stuck him in a city where he didn't know anybody. And they said, you have to build a million dollar business in 90 days. So he goes to a junkyard with a hundred dollars. He's, you know, starts spending the money because he's got to get a place to stay and eat. And he goes to the junkyard to get stuff to, to sell. And he puts it on Craigslist and nothing sells. And then he says to him on the, on the show, he says, I forgot the very first, uh, what's the word? You know, I, I forgot the tenant or the key, the first key of being successful is you have to sell what people want. Yes. So he went back to Craigslist and he looked at what people were buying. And then he went to the junkyard, got some more of that and sold that. And one of the things that like Russell Brunson talks about, like when you're selling vitamins, like he was shocked when they did the research and saw, okay, you're selling one bottle of vitamins and guess what the upsell is? Three more bottles of the same vitamins, right? It's like you sell what people want to buy. Yeah. You know, and that was a big surprise to him because people think, oh, I got to sell them something else. Not necessarily. I mean, it depends what you're selling. It's a little different with products. You do want to sell things that are all related. But um, yeah, so you have to know what to sell and you have to know how your audience is looking for what you sell. Like that's another thing. You know, I had a client where she 
had written a book about the afterlife, but in her mind, she'd written a book about death. Right. So death was in the title instead of afterlife. Now she was lucky because when she came to me, it was all done. And we were just able to swap out the one word and it still worked, but that isn't always the case, which is why I suggest people come to me before they write the book, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. But, um, but so that meant that all her keywords were wrong. Everything was wrong. So now what happens is if somebody is looking for death, they're going to find her book. People looking for the afterlife are never going to find her book. Right. 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 Now they buy the book and now they're upset because it said it was about death and it's about the afterlife. Now Amazon starts getting refunds and Amazon doesn't like that. So, I mean, if you really blow it, you could, they, they might, you know, tell you you're banned or might tell you you can't publish this book or whatever. I don't know, you know, but you don't want to do that because Amazon cares about their customers. So, you know, there's that. And then the third thing is sometimes you think your audience is looking for your book in a certain way, and that's not what they're thinking at all. So for instance, like if, like I have a client where his book is about, it's about losing weight, but in his mind, it was from the perspective of fitness and health and, you know, not having diabetes and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, when I got him to talk to his audience, that's not what they cared about. They cared about weight loss. They cared about looking good in their clothes. They cared about going to their reunion and blowing their, you know, their old friends away, you know, that kind of stuff. So if he put in the keywords that were, which he did originally health, fitness, those kind of things, he wasn't connecting with his audience. Wow. So we had to change all the keywords so that he got to the, so that the people would find the book that were his ideal audience. So there are, there are all these kinds of issues that I can spot a mile away that somebody who doesn't know this stuff would just go and write the book and then be disappointed because they weren't making sales. Yeah. Right. No. And I think, you know, like what Russell Brunson talks about, like if, mm-hmm. if you're going to stack your funnel with things like make them things that people want, right. If, right. If, I think that we have, you know, so much of this due to probably, you know, old belief systems and, and programming and things like that. We have these crazy idea about money when all it is, is somebody looking at something going, that's going to make my life easier. It's going to make my life better. And I am happy to use this, you know, means of exchange that we have learned, you know, to use in, in our, in our society, mm-hmm. and in our culture. Right. So, um, but I, you know, definitely what you said about think from the perspective of the person that you're trying to serve rather than like, what do I think is going to be really, really right. Key, and don't right? guess. Yeah. No. And maybe somebody does that, you know, as just a passion project where they're like, I'm just going to write, you know, some obscure thing just because I feel like writing about it. Maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but from a term no, there isn't sales, any, as long as you know, that's what you're doing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And from, from terms of sales. Um, I like what you said too, about short books, because, um, you know, I look at everything from like Tim Ferriss's, you know, tribe of mentors or tools of Titans that are these like double encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, back to something like, but those are short chapters, aren't they? And aren't yeah, they? and it's one can stand alone. So you don't have to like read it. from Exactly. It's not a front to back experience. Right, it's like right, I can right. open page 147 and just get major value from it. Right. right and that's how it's, my depression book is too. Yeah. So, um, that's another thing that I think is important that you said is that somebody looks at the process of writing a book, but 
some of the best books I've read have been under a hundred pages. Like, mm-hmm. you know, James Allen, as a man thinketh, it's so small that yeah. when they sell it now, they have to sell it with a bonus book enclosed in the same binding because the book itself is like, people would look at it and think this is like, oh, yeah. I have one called something. how to write emails that sell secrets from the most profitable emails ever written from Matt Basak. It's like, 30 pages, I think. 30 right. Pages. So like, yeah. And, and so many, so many classic books, right. They're like 60 pages long and their goal, like the best thing is you can go through and skim them. You know, you have a morning with your coffee, you go yeah, read the whole I'll entire book. Another one. <laughs> one thing I don't like about these backgrounds is I can't hold, I can't hold a okay. book, but I have one called um, 21 simple strategies to jumpstart your book marketing online. And one of my friends told me, she says, this is my Bible. I keep it on my, on my desk. And when I'm looking, for, you know, for a way to to you know make some more sales on my book, I just take out your book and pick one. Oh, I love that. The confidence, you know, factor is is going up because you know demystifying this whole process of writing books. It's it's mm-hmm. you know this is really beautiful. Now, when somebody looks at a print book, right? What are the advantages to? I'm going to assume that you're a fan of the self-publishing route. Am I correct? Totally. Well, okay, yeah, because, are... yeah, because, you know, making 10 cents a record, number one, and number two, you had no control. So the two things yeah. you have with self-publishing is you have total control and you, in Amazon, you can make 70% from your own website. You can yeah. make almost a hundred percent. So, yeah. So those are, what, what are some of the other disadvantages too? Because I think that people would say maybe, oh, I'd like to write a book, but who's ever going to publish me, right? So it's like, what are some other advantages to, or, or maybe disadvantages to trying to go the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the traditional route? Because some of my favorite books, even the four-hour work week was turned down, I can't, 20, 30, 40, I can't remember how many times, but an insane number of times, right? Well, some people do go for the traditional because they want the prestige of it. That's the only sure. reason to do it number one, but number two, only 5% get taken. And number three, the publishing world has changed. Mm. So whereas before, if you had a great book, you didn't, you didn't have to worry about the marketing in the old days, you know, they would get you on TV and you would do the marketing, you know, based on what they told you, but now they will publish a good book from someone who has a great big fat following over someone who has a great book and no or little following. Sure. So that's, that's the deal. So don't, I mean, if you don't have that, chances are you are not going to get a deal. No, no, absolutely. And self-publishing, I mean, yeah, just it's such a, a, a beautiful sense of creative control over anything um, or over everything. Do you think it's a good strategy for people to, to start with an ebook and, and just you know, like once their ebook is out, um, rather than just writing and sitting on it and waiting for it to be only, you know, uh, available in print, like, like not releasing any format of it, uh, until it's, until the whole thing. That's what I was saying before. I mean, to me, it's like, they're all the same. So you just get them up there and you publish. But if it's somebody like you, who's freaked out of the idea of having a book, then, uh, you know, then start with an ebook. Yeah done that already. I just, I, but just, I wish that I could get you to just do the next step. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really so simple. And every time I write, what is the fear? What is the fear? Well, I think, I think for me, the biggest thing was like, you know, the timeline of, 
you know, kind of being overwhelmed with like, oh man, is it going to take me how long? But then I look at like, you know, eBooks that I've, uh, I think, yeah, I think either four or five, I wrote a lot of them in my previous career, but um, I have one now that I use as a, as a lead magnet, but basically, um, you know, I think that what kind of freaked me out was like, looking at the timeline of like, oh, how much time is it going to take to write it? And then like, okay, you know, well, wait a minute, the... you already wrote one. I know. I know. Well, the one that I use, you know, so as, the one that uh, you, you use already, let's make that a PDF and I got let's it put it up. Huh? Yeah. It's, I've got it in PDF. I use it for, uh, I use it as an opt-in a lot. Okay. Now go publish it in Amazon. Okay. There Just we go. Let's go publish it. Yeah. Okay. And then you get an, and then you get an author's copy. Okay. So you get to look at it. So then you have a physical copy of it. Sure. And then you are going to see that you are an author and you have been all along. You know, it reminds me of the Wizard of Oz. You had the power, yeah. you had the power all along. Right. Um, You've been an author one, all along. How powerful are books in terms of growing someone's business? I mean, I know that I'm way more inclined to buy someone's product you know, Gabby Bernstein. I mean, all these people, I'm like, uh, I'm reading her book right now. Yeah. Which one? Happy new one? new one. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read that yet. Um, it's, it's, uh, I know that she has a program and a funnel built around each of her books. Like Judgment oh, uh-huh. Talks has its own backend, you know, email funnel and program and stuff like that. But that's how, how I built my business. My book built my business. That's such a and great, my books still build my business because now, you know, when I go to, networking events. And sometimes I'll be in events where sometimes it's networking, sometimes it's workshops. I mean, I did one with Jill Lubin. I've done a few with Suzanne Evans. Um, And you'll, you know, give your elevator speech or, you know, who you help and all that sort of stuff. And what I learned in there was that people would say to me things like, well, you, you talk about being a Grammy nominated songwriter last, it should be first. Mm. And you're the author of nine books. It's like, we didn't even know that, you know? So, and then uh, there was a post and somebody reached out to me to want to work with me. And I said, well, what was it about that that made you want to work with me? She said, well, you, you've written nine books and you're all, you've also persevered through so much. Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, that you're a fighter and all that kind of stuff. So you'll fight for me. So those are the kinds of things that, um, you know, one book is great. Multiple books is greater, <laughs> better. Absolutely. You know, so it just keeps giving you more and more credibility. It opens more and more doors. I mean, one of the reasons that we named the the uh, company Books Open Doors is because that's what I saw happen for all my clients. I mean, one client ended up on stage with Barack Obama, you know, at the same event. One uh, had been wanted to get on the stages and wasn't getting any offers. And he, he after his book, he was on in six to eight weeks. I have one who was able to, show it to, um, to Kevin Harrington and ended up getting him as a mentor and then got all expense trip paid to Singapore, uh, magazine covers. I mean, just all kinds of things. I mean, I've made hundreds of, well, I've made about a million dollars, you know, and my main course is connected to my writing a book books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so, I mean, for me, it's, I would never, well, I mean, obviously with me, I mean, if I was going to teach it, I had to write the book. And, the, and yeah. by the way, that was incredible motivation because I wanted to quit writing my first book. It was boring as hell. I was feeling really alone. It wasn't going well. 
And I was like, well, crap, if I'm saying I want to write books and teach other people, I got to finish this book. So I had a really big motivation for finishing. But sure. one of the, and I'm get, we are going to have to wrap it up in a second yeah, here, but yeah. one of the things that um, people will say to me is like when they're spending money with me and then they'll say, well, how am I going to get my investment back? You know, how, what, how much can I expect to get in sales? And I always say to people, first of all, how many books you sell really is how wide your reach is. So mm -hmm. how big is it now? And what are you willing to do to make it bigger? And are you playing the short game or the long game? Mm -hmm. Because like I said, I mean, if you, you know, let's say you, you spend, I don't know how many thousands of dollars, you know, I mean, some people charge up to $20,000 just to publish a book. It's right. not that expensive with me, but, um, but it's a different process. I'm actually teaching you how to do all this stuff. And then of course, if you want us to do it, we can. But the point is that, um, you know, how many clients is it gonna take you, right? Yes. If, you're, if your clients are being charged, you know, 5,000 or $10,000, and even if you were spending 20, you know, it might take you two or three or four and you're done and the, and the rest is long-term. And as yeah. Jason Conrad Levinson said, he made, you know, as big as he was, he made 36,000 from his book and 964,000 from all the other opportunities. Sure. So, I mean, a book is an incredible investment, but not if you just think short-term Yeah. and do right. it right. If you want to do it right and, and do it and think short-term, you're not going to recoup your investment. Sure. No, absolutely. I think it's the biggest- you, It's just what you do and how you do it. And One I can of, help people go as big or as small as they want to go. This is so amazing. Um, I think the biggest win that I've, the biggest lesson I've learned from this is that, is that rather than saying, I don't have time, that sentence should be switched to a, you, I don't not have time, right? Don't have time well, not to write. I haven't made it a priority and I'm going to make it a priority. Now. Exactly. Well, this has been an amazing conversation and so incredibly eye-opening. Um, oh, good. Where can people find you? Uh, booksopendoors.com. I know that because I had it. As yeah, booksopendoors.com. Um, if they want to join the Facebook group and learn about the audiobooks and other things that we do in there, it's the, the, uh, the Facebook group is also Books Open Doors. And, um, and all the books are at booksopendoors.com forward slash books books, open doors, forward slash books, and then the podcast. And you can find everything from the website, actually. Sure. Yeah. When I was researching, I, I think I poked every, uh, I think I, um, <laughs> every single page you guys have. This is, uh, Ellen, thank you so much for being thank so generous. For with time. I, I hope that uh, we can get a success story of a, of a best-selling book that gets birthed out of this uh, listening to this conversation sometime. Yeah, that would be great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so, thank you so, so if much. you need if you need help, just someone to hold your hand so you can get your book on Amazon. I'm here for you. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll be in touch. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Ellen. I really appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. If you've made it this far, it means you are not a dabbler and that you are someone who's truly committed to making a lasting change. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating, comment, or review as it helps me bring this message to more people that need it. If you want to go a step further, this is an invitation to grab a free copy of my book, Authentic Success, at jordanulrich.com forward slash success. Keep your energy up, keep moving forward even when it's scary, and I'll see you on the next episode.